Welcome to our 1,000th episode special. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. We're very pleased to just celebrate this. Uh, a thousand episodes of a podcast. It's not something that happens all the time. I require, you know, some determination here, but just, uh, listeners continuing to listen and comment and be part of the show. Really, truly appreciate all the support we've gotten. And so we're pleased to bring you this, uh, special, um, uh, we're actually bringing you the very first show that was podcast on the great detectives of old time radio. Uh, before we uh, officially launched the series on October 26, 2009, um, I went ahead and I did a pilot episode uh, on October 12, 2009. So people would have something uh, that they could subscribe to as we got ready for the official launch in two weeks. And subsequent to that, it's been knocked out of the way. Plus, I spent about 10 minutes at the beginning in commentary. Hope I don't spend uh, that much uh, this time. So I was kind of introducing the show, which isn't necessary. I will introduce the uh, program. Uh, this is an episode of the Screen Guild Theater. Uh, this was uh, from uh, 1948, uh, October the 7th, and uh, it was called Northside 777, in which Jimmy Stewart reprised uh, his screen role. This was a very important episode of the Screen Guild uh, Players Program because they had just made the switch from CBS to NBC, and so they decided to lead off strong with Call Northside 777. I'll let you know in advance the commercials have been edited out, and they weren't done by me. Uh, that's the way the program came. With that said, let's go ahead and take a listen to this classic story. For the first time on the air, the Screen Guild Players present... Call Northside 777, starring James Stewart, Pat O'Brien, and Richard Conte. Now, first of all, let's get one thing straight. I didn't just dream this story up. Now, it's right off the record. It really happened. So... If the people in it resemble characters, living or dead, well, believe me, it's strictly intentional. On October the 10th, 1944, I was a reporter on the Chicago Times. October 10th, 1944, remember that, that, that date's important. That was the morning the ad appeared, a little ad in our classified section. A personal notice that said, $5,000 reward for the killers of police officer Bundy on December 9th, 1932. Call Northside for 777, 12 to 7 p.m. Ask for Tilly V. Check. 
I didn't notice the ad myself, but Brian Kelly did. Kelly was our city editor. There wasn't, wasn't much in the paper he ever missed. And whenever Kelly got an idea, he usually had me do something about it. Well, call it curiosity, Max. Well, I, I don't know why it's worth $5,000 to somebody to find out who killed a cop 11 years ago. Well, in 1932, it was open season on cops. So on the north side, they were shooting them in pairs like a brace of ducks. Well, I won't hurt the check. Maybe you'll get your name in the paper. Kelly, this is sucker bait. Every grifter and mooch in town will be after that five grand. They'll frame their own brothers to get it. They... Hey. Hey, maybe this is a frame. Hey, this, this, uh, this thing has a lot of angles. Yeah, see what I mean? Just takes you longer to catch up. Oh, no. Well, I, I, was, I was thinking about it. Are you using that phone? I'll go right ahead. All right. Hello, Betty. Hey, give me a number, will you? Yeah. Yeah, I want Northside 777. Kelly Wiechek wasn't home. They said she worked nights, and they told me where. It was one of those big office buildings downtown. I found her on the seventh floor in the corridor, on her hands and knees with a scrubbing brush and a bucket of water. I showed her the ad, and she got up quickly. Yes. Yes, Dr. Tony. You know something, mister? No, no, I'm a reporter from the Chicago Times. Oh? We'd like to know why you're so interested in finding the killers of this cop. Frank Vichek is my son. He is in prison for killing him. My friends tell me if I offer big money, maybe somebody will tell who killed this policeman. You mean your son's in prison for killing the cop, is that right? Yes, but he don't do it. My Frank is a good boy. He don't do this thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, this uh, $5,000, where'd you get that? That is important? Yes, yes, it's very important. He might have had it hidden away, or maybe he got it from some mob that's trying to spring no. it, you know? No, it's mine. I work. I scrub floors. Eleven years I save every penny. I never miss a day's work so I can get Frank out. I dream of this day. Oh, Five thousand dollars is a lot for a dream. Yes. Eleven years I dream and I work. First I try three thousand dollars. Nothing. Now I try five thousand dollars. And suppose it's still nothing. Then I work eleven more years. I get ten thousand dollars. But my boy, someday he get out. Well, it made a pretty good yarn, I guess. You know, mother slaves to save $5,000, offers it to clear her son. I told myself it was all in a day's work. I wrote it and tried to forget it. I tried. Kelly didn't. Swell story, Max. Swell. Got that size. Thanks. Almost too good for a one-day run. Well, why not go up and interview the boy? Oh, now, wait a minute. I'm not glorifying any cop killer. You got proof he is a cop killer? Well, they didn't give him 99 years for playing hooky. He had a record. He was on probation when he shot the cop. Yeah, I know. I looked it up, too. He was public enemy number one. He and a couple of other kids broke into a grocery store. He got a few candy bars and a record. Look, Mac, let's, let's put it this way. Maybe I'm interested for a personal reason. Because, because my mother did the same thing. 
She scrubbed floors on her hands and knees for more than 11 years to send me through school. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll go up to the pen and see him in the morning. How about expenses? Here's a voucher. Take it to the cashier. Right. Kelly. Yeah? I happen to know that your mother had a small annuity. She never scrubbed a floor in her life, and you never got out of the fifth grade. Well, uh... But I, I just I just figure if you pull such a corny gag, you must want me to go up there pretty bad, so I'm going. Oh, swell. Swell, keep the expenses down, will you, Mac? I guess the warden told you, Frank. I'm from the Chicago Times. Yes, sir, he told me. Of course, uh, you don't have to answer any of these questions if you don't want to. Oh, but I do want to. Sure, I want to. Fine. All right. I'd like, I'd like more of your story, your side of it. I, I need an angle, something to hit the public with, you understand? Yes, sir. Now, uh, you know about the ad your mother put in the papers about the $5,000 reward? That's right. Now, did you know that she was scrubbing floors to get the money? Yes, sir, I did. All she lives for is to get me out. I guess that's all I've got to live for, too. You know, uh, if you're guilty, you're letting her slave her life away for nothing. You know she knows I'm not guilty. Well, I don't know. I read all the news clips, the transcript of the trial. They, they don't exactly whitewash you. I know, but you only read what convicted me. All the true facts didn't come out. Even Judge Moulton said I wasn't guilty. But the judge who gave you 99 years? Oh, he had to do that. The jury said we were guilty. But in his chambers, he said he knew we were innocent. When was that? After he sentenced us. Oh, oh, after. Well, I think maybe we better duck that. What else? My lawyer was a drunk. He didn't even let me in on the stand because he was afraid I'd get the chair. Go on. Well, when they question you hour after hour, you're bound to get mixed up on a lot of little things. The cops didn't even listen to me on the important things. They had to have a conviction. So they went ahead and got it. That's, that's a good angle. Railroaded. And then they took me from one police station to another every few hours, taking me around the horn, they call it. So my lawyer couldn't get me out. And then this Fender Skutnik. Skutnik. That, that's the dame around the speaking. Yeah, the first come of the time she saw me, she said I wasn't one of the killers. And all of a sudden, she said I was. Finger woman. All right, all right. We'll play that up, too. Yeah. When that cop was killed, I was home with my wife. That's right. That's, that's what you said at the trial. I remember. Say, uh, does she come up here and visit you? My wife? Yeah. yeah. No. Not anymore. We divorced. That's what kept sticking in my craw. If his wife didn't believe him, how could I? But I couldn't forget that old lady scrubbing floors. And that's the way I wrote the story. Not guilty, says we checked, places faith in mother. And by the next night, Kelly was full of ideas. Nice work, Mac. We're getting up to 20 phone calls an hour on that story. What are you going to use for a follow-up? Follow-up? Oh, sure, it's no bowling. You want more of it? Uh, what do you want to give me a raise, or do I just get the 5000 from WeCheck's mother? Now, listen, fella, I just work here like you. I get my orders, too. From whom? The circulation department? Sure, we're selling a lot of papers. We might also be selling that dead cop short. You know, he might have a mother who scrubbed floors, too. All right, all right. No use blowing your top. No. I'll tell you another thing. Remember what WeCheck said about the judge promising a new trial? Well, that judge died three weeks after the case was closed. Is that WeCheck's fault? No, no, I'm just saying that he's pretty sharp, you know, giving me a lead he knew I couldn't check. Look, Mac, if you're so sure he's guilty and there's nothing more to the story, then end it. Write a finished piece and kill it. Okay, I'll take that deal. I'll interview his wife. What? Yeah. She believed in him so much she got a divorce. Put that in your paper, Kelly. That ought to kill it for keeps. You see, uh, well, I, I've been wondering what 
you think about Frank. Frank is innocent. He didn't do it. He was home with me when that policeman was killed. You wouldn't be saying that because you loved him. Uh, then, I mean. Yes, I did love him. I loved him very much. So you got a divorce and married somebody else, huh? Only because Frank insisted on it. He, he, look, would you, would you mind repeating that? Frank made me do it. He made me get the divorce. And then he made me get married again. Well, why? So our boy would have a chance in life. He'd grow up with another name. I guess the story I wrote that night was a little different from the one I'd planned, but it had a nice lead. Divorced wife believes we check his innocence. And the next day, Kelly was on my neck again. Mac, I know there's nothing more to the WeCheck case. I know it's all washed up, but at the same time, I... Well, but, I... But, but what? Well, I just got a call from the warden. WeCheck wants to see you again. What for? Maybe he wants to confess. Yeah, but I was up... I was up there. Don't I get time off for good behavior? WeCheck's been there for 11 years. You better take that first train up in the morning. <laughs> Hello, Weechek. I uh, understand you want to see me. Yes. I want to tell you something. I don't want you to write any more about me or my family. No? No. We poured out our hearts to you and all it meant was just... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You wanted help, don't you? We've got, we've got half a million people following this story. Someone might know the killers. What do you, you think you're kidding? My mother's doing this for me, not to sell your papers. No, I thought I was doing a pretty good job for you. Yeah. Putting my boy's picture in the paper, spoiling his whole life. I don't want that kind of help. I'll stay here a thousand years. Just don't write about us anymore. That's all. Well, you... You seem pretty... Look, look, Frank. Suppose I went on with your case and did my best to slant the story your way. I, I want you to know that I still don't think you're innocent, but I'm willing to dig. Get the facts. The facts? And remember this. The first time I catch you lying, I'll blast you so hard you won't even get your parole when your 99 years is up. How about it? Is it a deal? I got nothing to be afraid of. Yes, I'll make that deal. Okay. All right. Now, let's start talking. Was there any witness when Judge Moulton told you he'd try and get you another trial? Well, there was the bailiff. Yeah, what was his name? I don't know. All right, I'll find out. Who was your lawyer? Well, his name was uh, Underwood, but he's disbarred now. He was a drunk. Well, that's great. A dead judge and a disbarred lawyer. All right, what else now? Well, there was Fender Skutnik. She was the woman who ran the speakeasy. She identified me. The other two witnesses said no. Yeah, keep going. Then there was the police captain. He stood right alongside of Fender Skutnik when she picked me out. Mm -hmm. what she was... acted like uh, she was afraid of him. What was his name? I never found out. He wasn't at the trial. Oh, brother, that's fine. Where can I find this Scutnik day? I don't know. You know, this is great material I've got here. Well, it's all I got, but it's the truth. I swear it. Look. Look. Would you be willing to take a lie detector test? Mr. McNeil, for 11 years I've been waiting for a chance at that box. You know what you're up against. If it turns out bad, you're cooked. If it turns out good, it, it isn't legal evidence. I'll take the test. Okay. All right, I'll set it up for you. <laughs> Say, uh, seen a report on that lie detector test? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Don't you have? Well, it gives we check a pretty clean bill of health, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure you don't want some of the sandwich? No, 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 thanks. I don't know. My stomach's a little jittery. I don't know. Uh, 
I guess, I guess it's something I ate. Sure, huh? something you wrote. Now look, now look, Kelly, just, just don't think that I've All got... All right, slow down, Mac. Why don't you let go and tell yourself the truth? You want him to be innocent? You want him to be free? Admit it. No, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe I do want him to be free, but... But that doesn't make me believe he's innocent. If you want to believe, that's a pretty good start. And remember, fellow, I'll be in there swinging with you all the way. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks. Kelly. Yeah? Um, you uh, wouldn't have some of that sandwich left, would you? <laughs> well, they say that a convert always prays the loudest. As soon as, as soon as I'd switched over to Frank Wiechek's side, I guess he could have heard me all over town. It wasn't just the story anymore. It was digging for a man's life. And I started with the bailiff, the one Frank had told me about. Aye, it's the truth, Mr. McNeil. Judge Moulton did promise the lad a new trial. Me hand to the saints. I was there and heard him. And you remember the details, Mr. Stalin? Mr. McNeil, I'll have you understand. I'm the fellow that reminds the elephants. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you see, the way it happened has come out in the trial. This officer Bundy was having a snort in a little speakeasy run by this woman, uh, Wanda Scutnick. The very same. And whilst he was warming himself with being a cold day, these two yeggs come in and let him have it. But now there was another fellow sitting there having a drink. I know, I know. A truck driver, name of Gruska. Correct, correct. And when the trial was done, the judge, God rest his soul, had them all brought into his chambers. That's when this Bruska fellow speaks up and tells the judge that we check wasn't one of the killers. Well, what did Wanda Scottnick say? Ah, well, she stands pat. She claims she saw the shooting from start to finish. But then, then this Bruska fellow gets mad and he says she never saw any part of it. But when the fireworks started, she ducked into a closet. Well, why didn't he say that on the witness stand? Well, no, I, I guess he never had a chance. All they let him say was yes and no. Well, the next man on my list was a little harder to find, but four days later I dug him out in a greasy little restaurant washing dishes. Not exactly happy to see me. Yes, my name is Underwood. I, I was Wechek's lawyer. I didn't care what happened to him then, and I don't care now. Now, look. Why I, should I? I? I'm a disbarred shyster, I'm a drunk, a fool, and a crook. My testimony's no good, my words are no good, my life's no good. I'm no good to anybody. Anybody but Frank Wiechek. Mm, want the advice of a dishwasher? Yeah. My wife washes dishes every night. Well, all right, I'll, I'll tell you something. There's only one thing convicted Wiechek. And that was the testimony of Fender Scutner. Yeah, but that's not news. She said that after the murder, she didn't see Wechek again until she identified him in the police lineup. But the day before that, she was in a squad car with him. She was with him the day before she identified yes. him? Yes. And they were riding Wechek around the horn from station to station, so I couldn't find him. He and Fender Skutnik sat side by side. Well, why didn't you use that information at the trial? I file? couldn't prove it. Well, I'm going to find that Skutnik dame. I'll prove it, all right. I'll give you some advice, McGill. And good advice. Not shyster talk. You discredit her. To prove she's a liar. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. Now, 
all I had to do was to find Fender Skutnik. Except that she didn't want to be found, and Chicago's a pretty fair-sized village. But it wasn't exactly wasting my time. Checking the police files, I found that Frank had been arrested on December the 22nd, but he hadn't been booked until the 23rd. The police had held him for 24 hours. He could have, he could have been with that Skutnik dame, I said to myself, if I, if I could only prove it. And then suddenly I got a big idea and I raced for the nearest telephone. City desk, Kelly. Listen, Kelly, about the WeCheck yarn. Now, I know it wasn't important back in 1932, but maybe somebody took some pictures. Sure, you want to get one autograph? Now, don't clown. Come on, I'm in a hurry. Now, check your file and have somebody check the other papers, But, too. Mac, you've read every word that was printed on the case. You've seen every picture. Look, look, Kelly. Now, a photographer shoots maybe ten pictures and only prints one. I want to see the other nine. <laughs> Hello, Mac. What do you got? What have I got? I just got a pardon for Frank Wiecek, that's all. Here, take a look at this picture, will you? Hmm. Shot of Wiecek getting out of a squad car. And Fender Skutnik right beside him. That proves that she was lying, doesn't it? That'll invalidate everything she said. How do you figure? Well, she testified she didn't see Wiecek between the time of the murder and the time she identified him on December the 23rd. But Frank claims she saw him on the 22nd when the cops were taking them from station to station, you see? And you think that's when this picture was snapped, huh? Well, obviously it was. Now, look, it... look, Mac. When you come up before the pardon board, you can't just say, obviously. You've got to have proof. And this picture could have been taken after she identified Well, but it wasn't, You Kelly. think it wasn't, and I think it wasn't. The board will just sit there and ask for facts. You know, that could be pretty rough on WeCheck. If they review his case now and turn him down, well, it might hurt his chances for parole. Well, I wouldn't want to hurt Frank. I know you wouldn't. I know it. You've done a great job, Mac. Nobody could have done any better. Yeah, yeah, sure. The operation was successful, but the patient died. Well, personally, I, I'd go along with you, but the front office is getting a little worried. These cracks we've taken at the police department and the state's attorney and... Well... Okay. Okay, what do we do? Write a finished story. Get the paper off the hook. All right. And then you better go out and see Wechek's mother. No, I can't. I can't do that, Kelly. Look, I, I, I can't do that. You wanted to read it in the paper. Do you, Mac? No. No, I. All right, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> That was the toughest assignment I'd ever had. To have to tell Frank's mother we're pulling out. To have to tell her she was on her own again. On the way back to the paper in the cab, I just kept staring at that picture of Frank and then the Scutnaker, just staring at it, looking looking for something. You know, like when you get a letter and it's got bad news on it and you keep reading it over and over again, hoping you've read it wrong. And I, I, I guess I didn't even hear the cab driver at first. Hey, see me afternoon paper, bud? I... I said, have you seen the afternoon paper? Paper? No, no. Yeah, the cops pulled a nifty one, all right. Proved some guy was a forger. First time they used that new machine. Machine? What? what yeah, it? yeah, a machine that enlarges things a thousand times. They can take a piece of writing or a picture or anything and... A thousand? A thousand times? Yeah, a thousand times. Brings it out clear as a bell. I... Uh... Hey. Hey, do you, do you know where the... Do you know where the police lab is? Police lab? 
Sure, down a few blocks from Okay, me. all right, well, don't talk, just drive. No, no, wait a minute. Uh, pull up the drugstore there, will you? I want to make a phone call first. I dropped everything, Mac. Rushed right down. What's it all about? We've still got a chance. Ellie, if, if you know how to pray, if we get a break... Pray for what? Slow down. Give me an angle, will you? They, they got a new process. It just perfected. Enlarges pictures of Chernow. And the one of Frank Wiesek and Sandra Skutnik? Yeah, yeah, but they're not working on them. Over to one side, there was this kid in the picture, a newsboy with some papers under his arm. Now, that's the part they're working on, Kelly. Kelly, if I'm right, if they can, if they can bring this thing Almost off. ready, Matt. Want to come in? Yeah, we'll, we'll try and stop it. Don't light any matches or anything. Have to develop these prints in the dark. Got it, Joe? Yeah, it's just going in pursuit now. Kelly... I remember what I said about praying. I still don't know what you're looking for. The date. The date on the newspapers under the newsboys. Oh, bring that out. Coming up now. Watch it, Kelly. Watch it. Watch that date. There it is. It's coming through, I think. December. December. What is that? December 2020. 20, December 22nd, 1932. Well, as that cab driver said, it was just clear as a bell. Clear enough for even the pardon board. I guess I should be pretty happy, but there was just one thing. I, there were two men convicted for the murder of Officer Bundy. Two men convicted on the same evidence. One of them, Frank Wiechek, he, he's been pardoned now. The other one's still in jail. You know, I, uh, I'm sort of wondering about that. Mm-hmm. Looks like I'll have to go to work again. Welcome back. Well, uh, a great performance by uh, Jimmy Stewart. Um, and uh, absolutely uh, solid uh, story. Uh, it was uh, worth noting that uh, Call Northside 777 was based on a... Um, was based on a true story, uh, and I found this in the Columbia Journalism uh, Review. Uh, in the actual story, it doesn't appear that the flipped uh, picture, uh, the negative, was a big factor. It was just more solid uh, journalism, finding a witness to the promise of a second trial and exposing uh, police corruption. But they had to spice it up a little bit for the film. Uh, but uh, a great story. I uh, love Jimmy Stewart as always. And I was, you know, when I was planning on this, I, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, mystery programs around with Jimmy Stewart's uh, voice uh, for radio. I decided to lead off strong. And hopefully we started our next thousand episodes uh, strong with this uh, story. All right. Well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow. We'll continue with uh, our current yours truly, Johnny Dollar Matter. In the meantime, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter or Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>